my name is Seth. Um, you may, but probably don't know me from CanterburyGoAstrology.com. And my name is Pri. You probably see me around on Instagram at the Psychology Witch um, and the PsychologyWitch.com and uh, RabbitHoleUtopia.com are my things. Yes, our things. Um, this is another one of our things and it's called the not so enlightened podcast and we're very excited to introduce it to you guys and to bring it to you guys um it's basically going to be conversations with your host seth and pre where we talk about um basically anything anything astrological anything we don't know a lot about probably ask a lot of questions and um bring up a lot of interesting topics. Now, the way this podcast is going to break down is a little different from usual podcasts where you will not always have us together. There are going to be some episodes where it's just going to be me fleshing out a topic I want to talk about, and you're going to find some episodes where it's just going to be Pre fleshing out a subject that she finds interesting. But more often than that, you're probably going to find us together. Yeah, like two peas in a pod. Yes. I don't really like peas, so like Twinkies, like two... <gasps> We're twi- like two Twinkies, guys. Two Twinkies. But I like two peas in a pod. Cause get it in a podcast. I, I mean, I guess. I guess. <laughs> Maybe we should you request them make Twinkies in a pod so we can switch that. Cause I, I just think Twinkies are better. I guess you're um, right. Write your congressman. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> this is clearly like the uh, solution. His current solution. Hello. Oh, all right, all right. So to launch into something, because this is going to be like the least natural we can launch into topics because it's the first episode, but there's one thing I've had on my mind, and it's been Venus retrograde. What do you feel about Venus retrograde, like when you find it in a natal chart? Um, You know what? In all honesty, like shock factor, I don't like have a thousand um, opinions about retrogrades other than like mercury in a natal chart but i would say that um and like if i was to develop an opinion about venus retrograde in a natal it would just be i guess also depending on like what sign it's in which house it's in it would just pretty much be um trying to figure out what that person kind of forced in their relationships and what they can like review and go over in their current relationships like what are the things that they keep seeing popping up in these current relationships that they should probably be stopping to take heed to um that's really interesting that the word forced is good because i have venus retrograde in my chart and that's a big thing with my relationship i try to force everything it's like this the relationship doesn't seem to be what i think it is let me force it um mm. But I also have Venus in Leo in the second house, so it's very fixed, where I feel like I can decide what the relationship's going to be. So that might have something to do with it. But that's totally, that's that's crazy. I, <laughs> I didn't even think to bring it in that direction. I wonder how many people actually, like, do care about retrogrades, because you don't really see anyone else talk about any other retrogrades besides Mercury. I wonder how many astrologers um, or astrological enthusiasts really pay that close attention to anything else going retrograde. I do hear a good handful of astrologers talking about it enough, talking about retrogrades Mm. enough, like, like, um, 
as far as like Merc, retrograde in the chart, um, Venus, um, I guess any like planets that will have like, um, like a harsh, like a harsh effect on the natives, like actual, like life. Like if it's a planet that's dominant and it has a harsh effect, then they kind of like pay attention to the fact that it's retrograde in the chart. If it, if uh, Venus retrograde is considered harsh, like I know for mine, the one thing that I always tell myself, and it's like a mantra that I try to tell like any client that I have with when you have Venus retrograde, is that um, you attract better partners than you are attracted to. You just don't trust your instincts when it comes to picking partners because the person that you're overlooking to go after the person you're actually lusting after, the person you're overlooking is the person that is actually perfect for you. And you're overlooking Mm. them to go after an asshole. Because assholes give you something to work on. When that person who's perfect for you makes you look at yourself and want to grow. Or an asshole gives you someone to blame for why the relationship is fucked up. That's funny to bring up bring up um, something you will want to work on in regards to retrograde because retrograde, when I think of it, is like a time to like slow down and review and kind of like pull together all the things that is is more of a review versus the action plan. Mm. And then like if if you're if you know if your Venus is in uh, retrograde but you're fighting against the grain, then you would always be seeking to like do some. You would always be trying to like subconsciously get away from actually like reviewing like the things that are already in front of you that you haven't finished or that you haven't looked over. Like if that person in front of you is pretty much like what you think you should have, you would always be looking and searching for a direction that you think you should be going and never stopping to like review the things that were already thrown at you that you need or deserve rather that you deserve rather. Word. And I deserve a lot. Yes. Yes, you do. (laughs) (laughs) Just putting that out there. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's, I think that one mantra, maybe I can try to think of one for each planet, but I think that one definitely for sure for Venus retrograde, you are definitely attracting better partners than you are attracted to so take the time to review i think that's important that's your lesson of the day that will be cool mantras for planets and placement oh yeah right maybe i should somebody write that book i'm into it don't don't write that book y'all don't write that book (laughs) i want to write that blog first and then you write that book oh Uh, No, this is a free community. Go ahead. You can write the book. Okay, so we're on the topic of transits, and this year is coming to an end. We've had our uh, last full moon mm-hmm. in Gemini, which was a super moon, which was crazy that I didn't even know that it was a super moon. Like, I don't even know how I skipped that because I don't even know. I didn't even, like, and we're moving into this Saturn and Capricorn, which... I don't know. I'm excited. I'd love Saturn. She's my bitch. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm low key excited too. <laughs> but, like, but like in a sick way, in a sick type of way, because I'm so I'm so like Saturn-y. It's it's just sick. It's just like yes, more work, more work. <laughs> mm. So it's not really like I'm ready for the damage to be done. It's 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 like yay more of a challenge like i already have that saturn like itchy thing like where you're just like yes more work and i kind of feel like one thing that really separates saturn from other planets is that saturn it's a planet that ultimately rewards 
Like, yeah, it's technically a malefic because you're not going to enjoy it. But like, if everything in life was free, we wouldn't do anything. Like, if the, the whole point is that what you'll remember is how it ended. You won't remember all the other bullshit. It doesn't matter. You're going to remember the reward at the end after you got your shit together. And it just seems like life is life when really it was just a section of time where you were forced to improve every single day. And I feel like, what the fuck is wrong with that? Like, I'd rather it be that way than, than struggling for months to try to pull something together, having little tiny rewards to remind me of all the bullshit that I went through instead of just having something big that will have me forget all the struggle to begin with. Yeah, I guess I couldn't agree. And there's a saying, actually, that reminds me of um, of that. There's a saying in, like, uh, I guess it's mostly in, like, sales. They say that you're only as good as your last deal. Yeah. So, like, if you close the deal, then, like, that's just you. Whatever you did yesterday, that's cool. You closed 10000 yesterday, that's cool. But, like, today you haven't closed anything. So, like, cool. what, what you doing? And it's funny, too, because um, that, that same sort of uh, idea, that same sort of... Um, saying is is found in the science community because um i got it from the idea of uh there was a, a study done where they had people i forget where i got this from but i'm pretty sure people will know exactly where i'm pulling this from um where they gave two people colonics and which is a really uncomfortable procedure where they like flush out um your I, colon. i've had one <laughs> oh my god oh my god I all right i almost didn't want you to say it either <laughs> That part on. No, how about No, I'm fine with being transparent you about my colonics. Uh, uh, that's I love fine my that you are. I'm, I'm, that's fine that you are. I, I support that. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you enjoy it? <laughs> like low key, yeah. It's kind of weird to like watch all this stuff from like three years ago float down a little tube. But oh, um, you enjoyed like... watching it. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yes. All right, you're not incriminating me tonight, buddy. Listen, this is not about incrimination. There's no judgment. This is a journalistic avenue. We're just listening. Okay, yeah, I did. <laughs> I did enjoy it. So. Okay. <laughs> so you said you were very Saturnian, right? Do you think that's why? Watching all your waste just float down the river. Watching all that shit you don't need just go down the river. Yep. As in this in this uh, uh, study. They had, I guess, clonics are for most people, um, the average person, uncomfortable. And they had, um, I think it was like they had one subject who uh, was treated normally. They just had them do the colonic. They were like, all right, thanks for coming. Have a good day. And then for the other person, they had the doctor be like very nice and very um, kind to them and ask them how they were. And just made sure that they wrapped up the ending of the colonic with like a really nice feeling. So they felt better about it by the time that they left. And then they waited a couple of days and then the two people come back in and they said, how likely are you to um, recommend a colonic from us or like or just recommend a colonic period to one of your friends and for the person who was treated very kindly the person that ended with a very good feeling was a lot more likely to recommend a colonic than the person who just had a regular everyday procedure just thanks for coming by so they they estimated that that idea that that, that study showed that um 
it's all about the ending. It's all about the way that things end. There's also the idea that you can um, show kids anything. Like you can show kids, like um, in a kid's movie, you can show dramatic things, parents dying, like stressful shit. As long as there's a happy ending, that kid will be able to handle it. Like you can, like that's what the human psyche is about. If there, if there's, if it all gets wrapped up at the end, then it ultimately becomes cathartic instead of mm. uh, traumatic. That's so. There's so many juicy things to like just sink my teeth into, and in they're right. like I don't even know right. what to do. I just want to ah, so many. Okay, yes, that's dope. That makes a lot of sense because number one, happy endings like mm-hmm. <laughs> at a massage parlor. <laughs> like, oh, get out! I just had to start with that. <laughs> I'm just saying, like they were on I'm the like, right yes, track uh-huh, with that. I'm on but board. also, okay, also like, um, I, yeah, like I think that first impressions are like low key, like bullcrap. Not bullcrap. Really? Not bullcrap. But like they're just another another structure in society that just like kind of like. Uh, limits us to thinking that this is the only way to get something done like when you walk up to somebody you have to leave a lasting impression on them that very first time like whatever the first thing you said or whatever but like it's really like okay whatever the last thing you did or said to a person will probably leave more of a lasting impression than how you walked up to them i don't think that your first impression is the only impression that you get i don't think you only get a little like is that a little literal? Because I, when I think first impression, I'm thinking not like literally like walk through the door. What did you look like? I'm thinking like first impression, like at the like you met them for the first time. The whole conversation from beginning to end, you walk out of the room and the whole experience is your first impression. I wasn't thinking like literally like as soon as how do you walk up? How do you immediately present yourself no matter what goes on after that? I mean, I, yeah, but I guess it depends on like what context I'm talking in because I'm thinking about like maybe like a business deal or something where you say like, oh, you got like a few seconds to blow it or like mm. it's really depending on like the first couple of things that you yeah, do. Yeah, I can I, see that because like, now that I think about it, I think there there are, are things that I saw where they talked about um, professionals saying that in the first 30 seconds you can ruin something. So is that more what you're getting at? Yeah, like, yeah. And then there's another part when you said that if you wrap something up. Okay, like, yeah, even thinking about, like, how, um, like, how empaths work. Mm -hmm. Um, okay, I won't, I don't even want to go in that direction. (laughs) I'm just thinking (laughs) about how, um, okay, no, I can't go in that direction. Sorry. So, me, okay, I, I would just speak about my own personal things. Like, I definitely resonate with the title empath. And then like, mm-hmm. I don't watch certain TV programs. I just don't, I don't care if people question me about it or whatever. I just don't, I can't, I don't, I don't try. I don't watch TV at all. But, Fuck it. Huh? I don't watch TV at all. Fuck it. The idea of a chart for an event, because I want to talk about the chart for our podcast. The chart for this podcast actually seems really interesting because, um, well, at least as like you and I know, we had a, an official date set for last week. Seven. Oh, yeah, yeah, the seventh, right? And now we're going to be releasing this on the 20th. Now that we're going to be doing it that way, 
um, we're going to be pulling up a new chart because we did draw a chart up for the seventh. And I actually really liked the look of that one. And it seemed like it was very much incorporating us with like Caprice is uh, an Aquarius with a Capricorn ascendant. Um, her moon is an Aries. Um, I'm a Virgo with a Cancer ascendant. My moon in Leo. My moon's in the first. Um, Caprice, your moon is in the third. Third. Okay. I'm well, sorry. The second. Uh, but... Oh, these interceptions. <laughs> I'm like, oh, these interceptions. They always go. <laughs> yeah, so like with it, the chart for the seventh had an Aquarius ascendant and it had its own moon in Leo. And I think in the sun was going to be in Sagittarius in the 11th. And it was just, I think it was going to be in the 11th. And it was just like, oh my God, it felt like it was so us. Like it just seemed like it was us put up onto a chart. And then shit got real on my end and I had to move the date back to the 20th and now we're looking at this new chart and with this new chart I think the idea of us being in it is a lot more subtle but I think it's very um it says a lot for what we, we plan on bringing to the table um and it's I think it says a lot about what the potential is for the podcast period one big thing to look at I think is the idea that we are starting this during a Mercury retrograde. Fearless, no regrets about that. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like it's a good idea or a bad idea that we're getting this popping during a Mercury, a Mercury retrograde? I don't think it's brave. <laughs> <laughs> brave to say the least. Word, and I, I feel like we're brave souls, so befitting. And that Mercury is retrograde in the ninth house of the the chart for the for the podcast. Oh, actually, let me just rattle off what this is. So with the chart for the podcast, it is going to be a Pisces ascendant with Chiron and Pisces in the first house, Neptune and Pisces in the 12th. Um, Aries is intercepted in the first house with Uranus in their retrograde. And that is going to put Gemini ruling the third and the fourth, Taurus ruling the second, Cancer ruling the fifth, Leo ruling the sixth, Virgo the seventh, Libra is intercepted in the seventh, then that puts Scorpio on the 8th house cusp, Sagittarius on the 9th and the 10th, so we have Sag Midheaven, and then Capricorn on the 11th house cusp, and Aquarius on the 12th. That means Mercury is retrograde in the 9th house. And then you have Venus, which is in Sagittarius right now, on the cusp. Um, this is going to be for the time and date that I actually put the podcast out. Venus is going to be conjunct the Midheaven exactly. And then you have the Sun and Saturn in the 10th house conjunct uh, quite tightly with Saturn being at zero degrees Capricorn, which is funny because my um, Saturn is at zero degrees Aquarius. Um, you also see like a side of what I'm bringing to the table with Cancer being on the fifth house cusp and Leo being on the sixth house cusp and me being a outrageously Leo type person with um, some very Virgo type qualities in my chart. So I feel like the fifth and the sixth house is a very fitting place to find the placements that actually represent more of what I'm bringing to the table. And then to find where Caprice's more personality-driven placements are found are on the 12th house cusp, where you have a stellium in your own personal chart, and then Capricorn being on the 11th house cusp, and you yourself are an Aquarius. And then you find yeah. the moon in Capricorn in the 11th house and Pluto in the 11th house in Capricorn as well. Yeah, and I have a ton of, um, I have a ton of, um, no, you don't stop lying. Cap energy. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, wait, I'm staring right at it. What am I trying to say? I have a ton of cap energy, so I'm just always dipping in the cap waters. 
Gross. Well, 12. But, yes. I like cap energy. <laughs> I guess because I'm so used to it. I'm just like, I like it. It makes me feel, like, comfortable sometimes. Because it's dependable. Like Yeah, dependable. I feel like Capricorn is, like, a, a comforting energy. Like, surprisingly so. But I think there's a lot of surprising things when you're, when you step outside of the realm of cookie-cutter, paint-by-numbers astrology. Like, the fact that, like, Sagittarius's are cynical as fuck and like they're not as 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 happy and jovial as as uh, a book will per- have you believing they're not as optimistic their optimism is not as straightforward as you would think um and it's usually self-effacing um for them oddly enough but yeah the chart of the 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 podcast how do these placements make you feel what jumps out at you when you look at the chart um, I, I do, I am digging this, um, this Sag energy, this, um, Sag, uh, this Mercury Sag energy. Um, sure. I'm digging that because I know that, um, Mercury and Sag will put, put something on his high horse to just preach philosophy, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and theories, like, for, like, our oh, street. And, but and, what about it being retrograde instead of active? It's inactive. Well, then, I mean, we are, we did, you know, say that, and say that we are uh, very much, you know, wanting to involve the community, so that will be a time for them to feed us. Mm, the Enlightenment, because like we're the not-so-enlightened podcast, so Hello. that kind of, like, fits in with it. For sure. Retrograde, Mercury and retrograde in Sagittarius, not so enlightened. And so definitely a play on that. And then you learn your enlightenment through that retrograde. You learn the lessons through letting up, being open enough to let other people in on your conversation. For sure. And I definitely feel like um, this podcast is a review of what's already out there because astrology isn't new. We're not inventing anything. We're actually sitting down reviewing what's already out there and saying, hey, like, let's look at the subtleties and ask some questions. Um, and then also definitely this Jupiter and Scorpio is a hot topic right now. And it's a heavy one. So I think that although we can come across pretty light sometimes, we do... We, you know, and during our times, we pack pretty loaded guns. And I think that um, there will be times where we'll have to start firing some shots to get to get things moving, because if the energy stays stuck for too long, then nobody wants to push it along. So for sure. um, And and two things with that. that First of all, um, with Mars being in a loose conjunction to Jupiter, we're probably not going to miss when we decide to make those shots. But. Second point, hopefully we're not shooting ourselves because it is both of those planets are sitting in the eighth house. So it's very much an idea of cutting off your nose to spite your face. Well, someone will benefit from it, if not us. Well, that's a very Piscean ascendant sort of outlook. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, and then we also have Chiron and Pisces. So, hey, we, you know. Yes, yes. And Chiron in the first, which is funny. Where's your Chiron in your chart? Um, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm not, I don't know. I think it's in the fifth. I I really should, uh, I know I have Chiron and Cancer. I, it's just one of those things that I want to pay so much attention to because I love like the mythology of sure. all the asteroids, but then I just, I just don't. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like, in love with the mythology of all I, of it. I love the mythology of the asteroids, but the, but the mythology part is where I like, Stop. I, I haven't like dug into all the energy.
All right. So you know what I think is interesting? I'm really looking forward to what art we can put up to to help amplify our media presence. Because with Venus conjunct the midheaven and Neptune in the 12th and Jupiter sitting in the 8th and the moon sitting in the 11th, I think we can definitely make some really cool fucking art for this podcast. Yeah, I like collages. And I like it. like real pictures that you put in cartoon collages. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I like those. I like the Capricorn moon. I think that is going, especially sitting in the 11th house, I think that's going to be very helpful um, for us just personally communication-wise and getting shit done. And the idea of like emotions can be set aside and we can just be like, okay, no, like this is what it is. This is what we have to get done. This is what we're going to do. And then just like, you know what I mean? And then be able to kind of snap back into it and remember that we're actually human beings but i think that yeah. that separation is very i think seeing a capricorn moon in any event chart or any type of chart where you're starting a business is definitely something good to uh look forward to if you happen to have it in yours have you done event charts for any events of your own um remember we did that one for the event that i was supposed to have but then i didn't yeah, mm-hmm. so we're gonna throw a um a, a, like a business party sort of thing. Yeah. All right. Like yes, I do remember that. I like them though. For sure. Yeah, this is gonna be the first one I'm actually gonna work with and actually watch like grow. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm excited for it. Yay. Um. Okay. So I've been thinking about the. Okay. The overall concept is accountability. Mm-hmm. But like, um, I've been just thinking about. Okay, because last week was pretty rough for me i don't know if it's just some early like saturn stuff coming in which i think it is but uh that's neither here nor there but um my whole thing was um it all comes down to and it all it doesn't matter like how many times we have to do shadow work or healing or whatever like it literally always all comes down to accountability Mm -hmm. and then like so when i'm like talking to my friends sometimes about stuff Um, I realized that like as humans, a lot of times when we want to make each other feel better, uh, we like automatically, not always, but like a good amount of times we like kind of push the other person away from that accountability because I guess we think that is like mean to do in the moment or we don't think that is supportive to do um and then we kind of like um uh an example example. yeah i'm getting i'm having a hard time following so like uh like if you're like if your friend is talking about like um some relationship stuff or whatever Mm -hmm. and they're like saying how you know they're realizing things that are their fault but they're very upset about it but they're Mm -hmm. realizing things that are their fault they're realizing their own flaws and things that they just need to grow through and then like a lot of times you're you know as your friend you don't want them to feel crappy so you're like no that's not true like I'm sure it was something different I'm sure it was this I'm sure it was something else but we haven't like really really gotten to a point where we know how to like hold space and appropriately guide people through their um their states of realizing their faults or whatever without stripping them of that like accountability part it's it's like often like we think comfort is equal to like lies almost for sure i could definitely see that i I could definitely see that being a western thing and i can definitely see that being like 
the people like uh, the average citizen of the West, I think that is sort of the unfortunate approach. Yeah, yeah. Me, myself, I run into issues because I'm the opposite way, where I'm very honest about it. And I think it's a very Virgo thing, because I had a very good Virgo friend who helped me out in a relationship with uh, a Pisces, where she was just like, no, Seth, get your head out of your ass. You're fucking shit up. Like, you're making this annoying like you're overreacting you're doing this you're doing that and I'm like oh my god this is what it feels like when I do this to other people because <laughs> I definitely will do that where it's just like no I think you're the problem like um, yeah but I think I, I can definitely see that being the common issue because I like overhearing other people with who have issues or if, if it's like going on at work or if it's going on on the street or even like listening to other types of media where it's written where that is I think media is a way of seeing uh, the zeitgeist of how people are uh, understanding each other, that it is kind of this idea of like, well, all right, let's strip you of your accountability. Let's make it the idea that it's fate or that it's just the situation. It's not you. It's the situation. It's the person. It's the relationship itself. It's not what you're contributing to it. I, I can definitely see that being an issue. Um, where do you, how do you see that connecting with um, shadow work? Do you feel like it's who do you, whose responsibility do you think it is to 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 start working on that? The people giving the advice or the people needing the advice? Um, it really depends. It might be both because mm. you projecting your own insecurities on that person's situation might be something that you don't want to look at. That's always mm. a you know factor. But I think that as a whole, like I think that the collective as a whole, we have issue. We have large issues that we need to work on. Everybody. <laughs> Like, you know, things like holding space for each other, um, things like dealing with people who are sensitive or empathetic or, you know, whatever the case, those types of issues we need to work on a bigger scale. And then on a micro cosmic scale, we, you know, individuals have their own and particular things to work on in reference to shadow work. I think that accountability is the is the second, maybe the second step to it. Because first you have to be aware of it and then you have to be accountable for it. Like I don't think change really happens without you being held, without you holding yourself accountable for actions and outcomes. Mm. So what do you so, feel like that looks like? I feel like it looks like somebody, um, ah, so, so many things that it looks like. It pretty much just looks like somebody saying, that they are aware of the role that they have played in a particular situation. They are aware of the role that they play. They are aware of the energy that they brought to a situation. They are aware of the fact that they can change that energy at any given time mm. if they wanted to. A lot of people be like, like Mercury bought, you know, Mercury pulled the stunt just like it always does. Beginning a retrograde. One of my exes was right in my inbox. Like, granted, it's been a very long time and he was just, you know, wanted to say hi or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I realized that his mindset was like still exactly where, you know, it was before. And I didn't even realize it because this was I was so young. This was years and years ago that I didn't even realize how, you know, far apart we even were in thinking. And he's thinking still that life is happening to him. Situations are difficult. Life is hard. You 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 know you work with what you're given and that's what it is but it's all situation based this mm. is what the situation is and I'm like no you have the power to change those I'm like every the reason why you're in that situation is because you made 
choices. You had the you had the free will to make those choices that got you exactly exactly where you are right there. Even though you may not know what form of uh like what the situation might look like, you're still choosing in the situation to get to the next point. You don't know if the colors that you choose will blend together and make a specific color, but you are choosing those colors. So you know that the next step is a blend of those colors. I know that, you know, might have like kind of gotten. No, a I feel like that's a good. I feel like that's a good analogy. I think that's a good analogy. And I also feel like this is a, 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 um, a subject that is so, so on the nose for astrology, the relationship between astrologers and the people who seek them out because i think one of the main reasons that people kind of look down on astrology is the idea that that astrology kind of or at least mainstream astrology is, is a proponent for exactly what you're describing that idea of stripping away the truth and kind of um stripping away the accountability for people and telling them like no it's not that you're you're a fucked up person and you make fucked up decisions and you need to sit down and shut up and think about your life it's just that there's a transit going through right now and it's going to be a really tough time for you until neptune goes into aries like you know what i mean like it, it's yeah i think that i think yeah. that's i think that totally is relatable to astrology i think that's totally i think that's um what you're touching on is an issue that i think it, it people encounter on multiple levels multiple levels yeah. Yeah. And then, you know what? I think that and I think that that's another thing that pushes people away from using these certain types of tools like astrology and tarot and all like that mm -hmm. is because um, there are people out there who make it seem like and you can do this with literally anything. But there are people out there that make it seem like you could just place the blame on some type of um, astrological event that's happening. Oh, when yeah, really, sure. it's not it's, it's not saying that, um, oh, just because this is happening, you're not going to be able to do this or that. It's just saying that the energy of it might be a little more challenging depending on how you're set up. But that doesn't mean that you can't do anything. It just means that these are the energies that might be interacting with you at this time. For so sure. it might come across and, a little different than it usually does. For sure. And, and, and sometimes it's not even in an idea of it being challenging or not. I think sometimes people want it to be considered a challenge because some, something that is challenging for someone might not be challenging for someone else. Like there are plenty of yeah. times where I'm sitting with someone and they're like, okay, this Mars is about to go through my fourth house and I'm afraid because this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And I'm like, you have... Aries in your fourth house. This does not mean that it's all going to be bad. This might be revitalizing. This might actually be something that makes you more positive, makes you more focused, makes you able to do what you want to do in your home in a faster way. If you had plans, now might be the perfect time to implement them in your home, not to get scared because you're reading something that's, that's a blanket statement for what Mars might mean in the fourth house for just about anybody. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there, there's yeah. that idea of good and bad. Like, there's a point for why astrology needs to be a little bit more specific and why you need to find an astrologer. But I think just the idea of accountability and thinking to yourself, okay, but how does this relate to me? What's my responsibility with this energy? What's my relationship with Mars, with Neptune, with whatever it is? And what do I need to do before exactly. yeah. I even decide if the energy is good or bad? 
what were you planning on doing in the first place that you're deciding it was bad? Like, you know what I mean? That shit drives me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Ah! No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) He's not kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. But with that, I'm exhausted. We... (laughs) Just, we basically did an hour. I, I feel like you think it, uh, th- you think it's time to start wrapping this up a little bit? And, and, and... I think we can wrap it up. Um, yeah. My cat is really, really calling for a lot of attention. I'm pretty sure that he is, I don't know if he's a Leo or a Cancer. I I can't, like, I don't know. We got him when he was really small. But, like, he just wants a lot of attention. And he's in one of his, like, I want attention modes. So, he sat across all my notes. So, I think that means that we have to wrap it up. Uh, Well, if your cat said it second, then I guess it must be done. I mean, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But this was fun. (laughs) I like this. I like this first episode. Um, Many more to come. Like I said in the beginning, uh, you will find that there are going to be some episodes where it might just be me or it might just be pre Um, It just means that there's something that's a little more in depth that we're going to try to get into that probably wouldn't be as fun as uh, sitting down and just kind of having a a random conversation. Um, Yeah, we're going to get very Capricorn (laughs) Moonish. Now, if you guys have anything to say about Venus retrogrades or about placements that we described in our charts, we'll put up a picture of what the chart is for the podcast. If you have anything to say about accountability or anything to say about um, anything that we talked about in the podcast uh, today, leave a comment. Let us know. Enlighten us on what it is that you know about the subjects that we talked about. That's the point of the podcast. We're not so enlightened. We, We are assuming that there is no enlightened one of us. Everyone in the world would know about them by now. So we might as well spend the time enlightening each other. Um, We're looking forward to eventually getting interviews and interviewing people up here soon and getting their takes on specific things and getting enlightened on um, some of the boots on the ground perspectives of these lofty ideas that we find within the esoteric. it should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. How are you feeling about it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I think it's going to be fun. I think it's really going to be fun. Yes. I'm excited. So, all right. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will yes. see you again Come back soon. soon. Come back again. Yes. Come back again. We'll be here waiting on you. Um, all right. Bye. Go and be great with your lavender. Bye.